1: a lot of women who don't want to hear about submission and it was the Apostle Paul who primarily wrote about submission. And you know what, in many cases I understand why women would not want to hear the term or concept uh, dealt with about submission because many in our day and age have misunderstood what true biblical submission is all about.
2: Let's be honest with ourselves. How many of us enjoy submitting to another person or to a higher authority? I imagine that not many of us like to do that. I'm sure that pride has a lot to do with it. And most of us were brought up to stand up for our own rights. We forget that while there are times when we ought to make a stand, there are many more times when it is best to put the other person's wants or needs before our own. Hello, thanks for tuning in today to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been pastor of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida since 1981. Pastor Steve will be back in just a moment to tell us more about biblical submission as he begins a message about the responsibilities of the wife in marriage. If you've been listening over the past few weeks, you already know that we are in a series of messages about the biblical family. We've heard a wealth of great instruction for the husbands so that we can be better husbands. Today we will begin to learn some things that the wives can do to enhance the marriage relationship. While Pastor Steve's main text for this message is in Ephesians chapter 5, we'll be looking today at some of the many supporting texts in places like Philippians, 1 Corinthians, and other passages. Now, if you're a note-taking kind of person, Get your pen and paper ready because class is about to begin.
1: Many years ago when William Jennings Bryan, the noted political leader, was a young man, he called on the father of his prospective wife to ask for his daughter's hand in marriage. Now because he knew that the father had strong religious feelings, young Mr. Bryan decided to strengthen his case by quoting a proverb from Solomon. Proverbs 18.22, he said, says this, Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Thought he'd just sort of play up to this man and uh, this would win him over. However, to his surprise, the woman's father had his own appropriate Bible verse for this young man. Quoting from the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 7.38, he said, He who gives his own virgin daughter in marriage does well, and he who does not give her in marriage will do better. (laughs) Now, for a moment young Mr. Bryant, was stumped. He didn't know what to say, but then it came to him in a flash. He said that since Paul had no wife and Solomon had 700 wives, therefore Solomon ought to be the better judge as to marriage. (laughs) That's what he said. Now, that's really silly, and it sounds silly to us, and I'll tell you why. Because we at Lakeside have a commitment to the authority of the Word of God, and so we would never make a statement like that, that you would take one writer over another, because all Scripture is God-breathed. But there are a lot of people who look at the Apostle Paul and what he said about women and the role of a wife, and they look upon him as a woman-hater... They look upon him with suspicion and even disdain. And I'll tell you why. There are two lines of of thinking that go along with uh, negative thoughts about Paul concerning his writings about women. Number one, they say that Paul didn't know what he was talking about because either he was a bachelor who had never experienced marriage and therefore wasn't qualified to tell others about it, sort of the attitude of single men have no right to give any advice on marriage. So Paul has no credibility that's that's one line of thinking or they say and this is this is really together I should say he was a widower whose wife had died a long time ago and by this time Paul had forgotten about marriage and and what it was all about now we do know that Paul, when he wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 7, was not married because he says that. He was single at the time, whether he was a bachelor or whether he was married at one time or not, I don't think you can prove conclusively. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. Normally, you had to be uh, married to be a member of the Sanhedrin in in Israel. Uh, That doesn't mean that they couldn't have made an exception for him, but that's not the point. The problem with this argument is that it doesn't matter what Paul's experience was. Because when Paul wrote his letters, he wrote them under the control and domination of the Spirit of God so that his letters were inspired by God. So it doesn't matter what Paul's experience was. You don't need to be a, a, uh, a murderer to write and say that we ought not to murder. So that's the one line of, of reasoning, and we answer that by saying Paul's experience is not the issue. The second argument against Paul goes like this. Paul wrote from his own uh, perspective in an ancient Eastern culture where women walk three paces behind their husbands. This is America. This is the 20th century. This is today. We don't apply ancient cultural uh, uh, principles to our modern society today. Now, that's not true when it comes to what Paul said about women. Because when Paul wrote about women and their roles... He based his arguments not upon culture but upon other things. Let me just give you an illustration of this. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, chapter 2 rather, the Apostle Paul is is writing to uh, Timothy who's at the church at Ephesus and he's writing about how the church ought to conduct itself. In chapter 3, he will speak about elders and and deacons and deaconesses. But in chapter 2... He speaks about the role of women in the church or what they ought not to do and what they ought to do. And he says in verse 11, let a woman quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. But I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. So what he's saying is that in the church, women are not to teach men. He's not talking about children. He's talking about women are not placed in the role of authority over men as far as teaching is concerned. Now, some look at that and say, well, that's the same thing concerning what what we're saying about a wife. This is the ancient Middle Eastern culture. This is Baghdad uh, philosophy. This is not uh, what we do today. But notice what Paul's argument is based upon. It says in verse 13, "...for it was Adam who was first created and then Eve." And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being quite deceived fell into transgression. When Paul is basing his arguments on the role of women in the church, he does not appeal to the Greek culture. He does not appeal to the Roman culture. He does not even appeal to the Jewish culture. He says, my argument goes all the way back to creation, that Eve was created for Adam and not the other way around. He goes back to the fall. So I just want you to see that that this doesn't hold any weight if you're going to uh, look at, at Paul's writings in light of the context, in light of his arguments, in light of what we understand about the inspiration of Scripture. And why is it then, in light of these things, that Paul uh, uh, has gotten such a poor reputation as a woman hater? And I'm telling you, there are books about this and articles about this and poor Apostle Paul. And the reason is that Paul dared to tell Christian wives that they should submit to their own husbands, and a lot of women nowadays don't want to hear anything about submitting and obeying. In fact, not too long ago, a poll was taken in the United States. Ninety percent of the women who responded in this poll were in favor of removing the term, the word obey, from the marriage ceremony. Now, I don't know how many women they, they polled, but 90 percent is a large percentile. So there are a lot of women who don't want to hear about submission, and it was the Apostle Paul who primarily wrote about submission. And you know what? In many cases, I understand why women would not want to hear the term or concept uh, dealt with about submission, because many in our day and age have misunderstood what true biblical submission is all about. In fact, Husbands and pastors have often added to the misunderstanding. There are many husbands who haven't got a clue as to what it means to submit, for their wives to submit to them. They feel like when they snap their fingers, their wives just come running. That's submission. I say it, she does it. There's no other question. There's no other issue. And there are many Christian men, and it's horrible, but that's what they think. There are also pastors who have encouraged husbands like that. In fact, I have a book in my library. It's not particularly the best book. Uh, The conclusions are not always biblical, but but a lot of things in it are very, very helpful. It's called Battered Into Submission. And there are a host of women who tragically are being beaten by their husbands. And when they go, when they have gone to their pastors, their pastors have said uh, and implied, well, this wouldn't happen to you if you were submissive. Well, listen, it's not their fault. There is no excuse for a man ever to touch a woman. No excuse whatsoever. The issue is not her submission. The issue is his horrible disobedience and how dare he do that. You don't want to get me started on that. Because I can't stand when I hear things like that. But there are a lot of men who think that they have every right to hit their wives because she's to be in submission to me. Well, they need to study what we went over last week and the week before about a husband's responsibility His responsibility is to learn about his wife, to love his wife as Christ loved the church, and to lead his wife and be a spiritual leader to her. So I understand why many women would have a problem with, with submission. And I think that we can clarify some of this by explaining, first of all, what submission is not. Okay? So, men, I would encourage you to get out the pens and give them to your wives now to take notes. Okay?
2: This seems like a good time to take a short break so you can get your note-taking equipment ready and also to say hello to those of you who may have just tuned in and missed the start of our class. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, an expository teaching program taught by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been ministering and teaching at Lakeside and the surrounding community since 1981. Verse by Verse came to be because he and others at Lakeside had a vision to minister to more people through radio. You can find the Verse by Verse website at versebyverseradio.org. If you did miss the start of our broadcast and would like to fill in the blanks, so to speak, or if you would just like to hear it again, the audio is available on our website as either a real audio file or as a podcast. The web address again is versebyverseradio.org. I hope you're ready to take notes now as we return to class. Pastor Steve is about to deal with some popular misconceptions about submission.
1: Number one, submission is not a concept only for women. I think that's important to understand. It's not a concept merely for women. All believers in Jesus Christ are commanded to submit to authority. Do you know that? Commanded to submit to authority. Romans chapter 13 verse 1 says we submit to the government. That's written for, to all believers. We are to submit to the authority of the government. And the authority of the government at that time was Nero. Not the nicest man. And so we're to submit to the government. We're to submit to police officers. That's what he's talking about specifically there in Romans chapter 13 verse 1. Also, it says in 1 Peter 5.5 5, that we are to submit to the elders of the church. I won't read this. I won't take the time to read this because that's not what we're dealing with today. But uh, Peter says, you younger men and, and all of you be in submission to one another, but especially to the elders of the church. But not only are we to be in submission to authority, but the Bible teaches that we are to be in submission to one another in the sense that we yield our desires so that others get their way and we don't get our way. Now, that's contrary to what the world thinks. The world thinks that I'm going to get my way and I'm I'm determined to do it my way and if you get in my way, you will be hurt. But Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, which every Christian ought to memorize and put into practice in their lives because this applies to just living in general. Not a day goes by when you would not have to apply this verse. Chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. So here's not talking about authority. He's talking about just one another in the church. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. So the Bible is very clear that, that submission is not simply the responsibility of a woman. It's the responsibility of all of us. If you name the name of Christ, you are to be in submission to someone, some group, And to one another. And I want you to, I want to take this a step further. Not only are we all told to submit, but if we're all honest, we'd have to admit that all of us struggle with submission. All of us. There's not one person here who doesn't struggle with submission at some time. Why? Because sinners have a hard time submitting. And we are sinners. We want our own way. Now, it's easy to submit to somebody who who tells you to do something that you want to do. Nobody has a problem with that. But submission is difficult when you want to do something and your authority or other people say, no, I don't think you should do this, or you're not going to do this. That's when we have a struggle. And the struggle is because we're sinners and sinners want their own way. It started in heaven when Lucifer said in his heart, I will not be ruled over by God. I will be like God. And God kicked him out. And then man in the Garden of Eden fell because he wanted to be what? Like God, knowing good and evil. And that's why when man fell, it, it came upon the whole human race and all of the children of Adam and Eve after that. We are Adam's children because Isaiah 53 says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned what? To our own way. That's why we need a savior. That's what sin is, going our own way. And that's the struggle we all face, submitting to God's authority or going our own way. And we would much prefer to go our own way. And I'll tell you, in today, today's society, it is more challenging than ever. It used to be that people were kind of quiet about insisting on getting their own way. It just wasn't the thing in society that you, that you did and stand up and say, I'm going to do whatever I do. That was more of a hard attitude. But the challenge in today's society is more intense because today people are outspoken about getting their own way and, and being stuck on themselves. And that's the in thing to do. It's the in thing to say. It's, you, you're not with it if you don't stand up for your rights. And isn't that what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3? He said, in the end times, men will be lovers of self. They're not even ashamed of it anymore. And so we Christians come along... And uh, the, the, the message to us from every angle of the media and our friends and where we work is you stand up for your rights and uh, you don't let anybody tell you what to do. So we ought to understand submission is not merely a concept for women. It's a concept for all of us and we all struggle with it. So men ought to understand when their wives might have a, a problem submitting that we have a problem submitting. Secondly, submission does not mean that a wife never opens her mouth to give advice or express an opinion. And I think that's very, very important. Ladies, you have a voice. Some men, and I'm emphasizing this, and I said this before, but it needs emphasis because some men view their wives as little more than a piece of property owned by them. And they view submission as a wife bowing before them, never offering a suggestion or objection She's not to think or open her mouth. She has to do only his bidding without any questions, and they think that that's submission. And if she dares say anything else, she's not submissive, they say. Well, I want you to know um, that is a view of submission, but it's not the biblical view. It is the Islamic view of submission. So if, men, that's what you're practicing, then you're following the Koran. You are not following the Bible. The Bible does not teach that. What does the Bible teach? The Bible teaches that women are to speak and to be able to offer suggestions. Let me just give you a few references on that. Proverbs 31, and we will look at the woman of Proverbs 31 next week, Lord willing. She is the excellent wife. Proverbs 31, verse 26 says this. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. This woman has wise things to say, and she says wise things to her husband. Genesis chapter 2 says that Eve was brought to Adam to be his helper. Helper, uh, He is not infallible. He makes mistakes. Men, wouldn't you admit that you make mistakes? Nod your head if you agree. I know that you have to agree. But men make mistakes, and therefore they need a wife to help them. If you didn't make a mistake, and you were totally independent, you didn't need anybody, then God wouldn't give us a wife. We need a wife to help us make wise decisions. Also, Ephesians 4, verse 25, which says, Speaking the truth in love is not addressed to husbands only. It's addressed to all Christians, wives included. So she is to speak. She is to speak. Verse Peter 3, 4, which says that a quiet meek spirit is precious in God's sight, does not say that she has to be quiet. It says that a quiet and meek spirit, not a quiet meek mouth, a spirit is an attitude. In other words, she's at rest. She's not trying to to be the boss. She's at rest. She's not struggling because she's married to to a disobedient uh, man. She's resting in God's sovereignty. And God says that's precious. She has a meek and quiet spirit. That doesn't mean that she doesn't open her mouth and talk. Okay, another thing that submission is not, it does not mean that the wife is inferior to the husband. Was Jesus inferior to Mary and to Joseph? Of course not. And yet the Bible says in Luke 2.51, he continued in subjection to them. Jesus was God, is God. And yet he submitted to his parents. Is Jesus Christ inferior to God the Father? I hope you don't think that. I hope you don't think that because the Bible teaches that God the Father is fully God and God the Son is fully God. And yet, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says this, 1 Corinthians 11.3, but I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man. And the man is the head of a woman. And God, meaning God the Father, is the head of Christ. Now, does that mean that Jesus is inferior to God the Father? No, it does not mean that. But it does mean that within the Trinity, there is order and there is structure. There is submission and there is authority, even though there is equality as God, There is a division within the trinity of, of labor and responsibility and roles. God the Father has authority. God the Son submits, but that does not mean that he is any less God. So in the same way, within a husband and wife relationship, within that team, there is equality, but there is also order and structure of authority and submission. There are roles. 1 Peter 3, 7 says that she is a fellow heir of the grace of life. She's not inferior. If you will, look at uh, Galatians chapter 3. This is is important. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. I think this was a very, very important part of the early church, that they understood this concept, because until Christianity came along, uh, women were so looked down upon in Greek culture and Roman culture and especially in Jewish culture. But Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 says this. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, he's not saying that uh, all the distinctives of being a man and a woman are gone, just as he's not saying all the distinctives of being uh, Jewish or Greek are gone. He's not saying there are no longer any slaves or free men. That, That wasn't true. What he is saying is spiritually, when you come into the body of Christ... It doesn't matter whether you're Jewish or Gentile, whether you're slave or free, whether you're a man or a female. You are all equal spiritually. You are equal in God's sight, in the body of Christ. There's no caste system in the body of Christ. That's what he means. That's very, very important. So now I think that should help you to understand a little bit better about what submission is not. Now that we have
2: a clearer understanding of what is not submission, I hope you'll be motivated to join us again next week for Pastor Steve's biblical instruction on what submission really is. I think we will all learn some useful things, whether we are wives, husbands, or singles. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, this broadcast is available for listening or downloading at our website, versebyverseradio.org. These are free downloads. While you're there at versebyverseradio.org, feel free to look around and visit the links to other information about Verse by Verse Ministries. To order a CD of this lesson, please call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we'll return your call during weekday office hours. That's 727 If you'd like, you can also ask for a copy of the Verse-by-Verse Journal. By the way, if you're ever in the Clearwater, Florida area, we invite you to stop in and visit us at Lakeside Community Chapel. We are located at 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater. Just take Sunset Point Road west from U.S. 19. We are halfway between Highway 19 and the beach. Verse by Verse is a faith ministry. We depend upon the gifts and prayers of interested listeners who have first been supportive of their local church. Please join us again next week for another Verse by Verse as pastor teacher Steve Kreloff continues his lesson on biblical submission.